Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to Squad Tactica, episode 206. And we're going to be doing something a little bit differently than previously. We have a guest on the show, uh, one of our Patreons, and actually a good friend of mine from uh, other podcast shows we've done. This is Evan from, uh, he's better known as EP Jelly on the Discord. And uh, hi, how are you doing tonight? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm good. Thank you for having me here. I've been really excited to, uh, you know, I've just been hoping to come on the show and share my newfound excitement for uh, Kill Team and Warhammer because I'm pretty new to uh, to this whole miniatures war game thing. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Evan does another show called The Johto Cast. So we've met doing other Star Wars venture stuff. But um, tell us a little bit about your... Uh, your experience with Warhammer and Games Workshop products, so that way everyone knows, like, on the same page we're on before we jump right into the show. Sure. Um, I hadn't really done much with them until late this past year. I knew about them. I knew people that had messed with them. I'd kind of looked into what it would take to start playing, but I hadn't really gotten into Warhammer GW at all until I was looking at buying paints and learning techniques really that's how i got into it was watching the youtube videos uh so i could learn how to paint for star wars legion and imperial assault okay so before we get on into the show i do want to shout out quickly as always to our sponsors uh battlefilm you've heard about them enough and discount games inc 15 percent off all of your purchases if you need more Wink, wink. You can send an email to Jay at Discount Games Inc. and he can tell you how to get a bigger discount on your purchases. And a big shout out to all of our Patreons. Um, we, I mean, I am just eternally grateful. And this is something I actually want to do throughout the course of the year. And, you know, f- further on is, you know, if you're a Patreon and you want to come on the show, like, come on the show. Let me know and we'll schedule you on. So let's talk a little bit about Kill Team and the process of getting into the game. We've actually had quite a few people join the Discord recently who are like, you know, I'm brand new, I've listened to the show, or I heard about this from a Facebook group or something like that. And there's quite a few questions about getting into the game. And this episode, we're just kind of going to talk about the process of starting up, picking armies, things we like, things we don't like, things we learned. And I'd love to get your take Evan, on, you know, what was the like one of the first things that you that like grabbed your attention? You were like, I want to start playing Kill Team. I think it was just the realization that I had an opportunity in Kill Team to get into 40K and not have to spend a million dollars to get a taste. And with the smaller squad bases that I have to build, you know, I can get a taste of everything and not just have to pour everything, my heart, soul, time and money into one big army that maybe I won't even really like in the end. So that was the thing that really caught my attention with Kill Team. And I had kind of waffled back and forth on if I did get it, if I did jump in, where would I start? And I I finally settled on the starter box, even though I had absolutely no interest in Gene Stealers or Adeptus Mechanicus at the time. <laughs> and where what happened from that point? Because 
I actually did the same thing with um, fourth edition with the starter box. It was like um, Assault on Black Reach. It was Orcs versus Ultramarines. And I was like, I don't care about Orcs or Ultramarines. I just want to play this game because it looks cool. And then eventually I became an Orc player. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I got suckered in. In fact, I think I remember that might have been when I was looking at it. Uh, was was one of those times uh, around the time of um, Black Reach and uh, looking at that and being like, I don't really care for any of these guys. Or maybe it was that uh, was definitely um, Warhammer Fantasy. They had some starter sets that I was like, I don't want to play Rat People. What is this? <laughs> uh, but and uh, this was the part that really surprised me. I started getting audiobooks on Audible. So I had a membership and it was free credits. I'm like, I'm just going to download some anthology stories of 40K. And it was, again, little tastes of everything. So then I learned about Adeptus Mechanicus. I'm like, oh, that's their thing. That's really awesome. And then the Gene Stealers and finding out their thing. But I... I wanted to uh I wanted some of that space marine action because they're they're the mascot. You know, that's that's right. what you always see. So then I got the first strike box and of course we've talked about that before. That's two kill teams right there in for in a $40 box. Yeah, that that box is insane. It's really funny because even though that's intended to be like a starting point for 8th edition, I feel like Games Workshop didn't realize it's also a really like really, really, really great starting point for Kill Team because you only need a f- few models and a rulebook to play Kill Team in, in Warhammer. Like you'd need a lot more models and definitely that starter box is meant to be like, you know, a small squad experience. But for people playing Kill Team, it's just like, hey, you and a friend can like go have these and start playing like now for nothing. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's just so it's so cost efficient. Yeah. If all you bought really, if, if I, I'm, I'm glad I got the starter box because it has the, the terrain at the ridiculous value. But if I if I'd had terrain and I, I know you'd said, like, you can just use tissue boxes and soda bottles. <laughs> and like, that's that's true. I, I won't say that's that that's anything wrong with that. But that uh, doesn't look as good. Oh, it doesn't look as good. And that sector imperialis terrain just like I can use that for so many other games too. Oh yeah. But I think that's one of the bigger things that like one of the bigger questions that comes up a lot, uh, especially over the years I've been playing. And when I first started, like the it's, it's a, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's like a question about legitimacy. Like, can I play with these really cool models and a shoebox? Like, <laughs> is that like a thing I can do? And the best part is, yes, you can. Now, if you want to go for, you know, maximum theme and maximum, you know, feels and you want to, you know, have that really crazy, amazing story where it's like, you know, we charged over, you know, these these hills and we burst through the broken shambles and the ruins. You know, that's fun. That's what those terrain pieces are for. But if you're just getting started and you're just trying to play the game, it's a lot of fun if you're using, you know, soda cans versus, a, you know, Imperial Sectorists. Like, that's the best part is there is no stigma. And I'm kind of hoping a lot of people realize it doesn't matter what you play. It just matters that you play. And I, as I've, you know, as time has gone on, I've looked at when I've emptied a Kleenex box, I'm like, 
what could I make from that realistically? <laughs> and you know what? That's really cool because you can like people take like paper mache or they'll like I've seen people like cut tissue boxes or like, you know, old Amazon boxes and they'll like make their own little terrain and they'll paint it up and sometimes they'll put like plastic skulls and things. So it looks like it's official games workshop stuff mm -hmm. and you would never know. And that's like the coolest thing. I have a I have an orc truck somebody built and I I traded for him and like 60% of it is like Games Workshop plastic bits they just put together. But they had this def roller, which is basically like a giant um, cement roller. And it was a, a a toilet paper tube that they encased in plastic. <laughs> like they just sprayed, they like sprayed plastic on it. They painted it and then they like glued these little like orc bits to it. And I was like, oh, that's, that's crazy. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. The front part's basically like a toilet paper roll. And then the back part has some wheels. He was like, I just cut some toilet paper tubes and like stuck some plastic in the middle to make it look like a giant tire. I was like, that's, that's crazy. But I mean, like that is thematically orky. Like you build orky things out of, random stuff yeah that's that is terrific so i think it's just really cool that you know you're only limited by your imagination realistically so yeah between the starter box i mean i was pretty good there it's because i've got the rules now i've got two uh 10 man teams so that's that's pretty good there and terrain that i i, I was in no rush to paint it because it looks fine once you assemble it and then the first strike box so that's two teams and then i was like you know what i want orcs there's 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 so much fun so i bought just a box of boys and slapped them together and i had so much fun with them just putting them together or orcs are like sometimes they're competitive sometimes they're not it really depends on the meta but they are by far for anyone who's listening they are the most fun i've ever had playing any game because sometimes they go nuts and they roll nothing but sixes and you just melt people. And sometimes they roll nothing but ones and they just fall over and die on themselves. And it just makes for a really funny story. Like the best stories I've ever had are orcs because there have been games where they like there's a there's a gun. I can't remember what it is. Um, in sixth edition, it was on, it was um, it was on a weird boy. I think it was. And it was this like warp gun where you could roll all these different effects and it would like shoot high damage, high AP, or you could like teleport. You, it had all these really neat effects. If you roll double sixes, it just like destroyed something almost instantly. But if you roll double ones, it obliterated an entire squadron. And uh, needless to say, you know, based on the conversation we're having, like it's at the end of the game, I have these orcs and I have like 30 boys. And I'm like, if I can just warp them, I need to roll like a six or higher and I've got to reroll. You know, I can warp them across the battlefield, sit them on a point, win the game. So I roll my dice and I don't get it. I'm like, OK, I'm just going to reroll. And I roll double ones and I eviscerated my entire group of 30 boys at the end of the game. And I'm like, well, I quit. This game's over. They are just gone. <laughs> They're like the lore is like they just go to an alternate dimension. It was just it was hilarious, but it was just like disheartening because I'm like, I am. Oh, my God. 30 boys are just gone. Just poof. Disappeared. Who knows where they went? Twilight Zone. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Orcs, best stories. I mean, I've I've already got two that I can tell from other people having played them. And yeah, you're you're totally right. So uh, for anyone who's listening, if you want to have a fun time, orcs, 100%. Another thing I love about the orcs, and this is kind of a hobby thing, you can almost paint them any color you want. And something unique happens because of their cults. I think that's amazingly cool thematically. Like, it's so neat. I, I did mine with uh, basically red and black. And uh, one of them had a, a chainsaw sword. And I went a little crazy with the red. Because he went a little crazy with the red. He he got his own story as I was painting him. It's like, yeah, this guy, he just, you know, he doesn't wash off the blood. He just, like, showers in it. <laughs> Then I I did another guy. I tried to glue uh, a grenade into the palm that would have been holding a rifle. (laughs) But it sort of tipped, but it it stuck that way. So it's sort of falling out of his hand permanently. And he's got this crazy, (laughs) like the wide open mouth, just crazy running into the middle, just chucking grenades. I gave him the grenade bag on his back. So he's nothing but grenades. (laughs) And it just doesn't get any better. It just, well, it it can, depending on if you play orcs or not. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that and that's just some of the best parts about, I think, wargaming in general is the stories. A lot of other games, it's hard to develop a storyline for not only specific models, but for specific games that you play like if you play a board game it's really hard to bring an outsider into that story or a card mm. game you know oh, it's yeah. hard to say oh i played this counter spell and it was epic and people are like oh yeah okay but if you tell that story about your orc and you know he's just chucking grenades and he like blows a primary space marine up people are going to be like wait what's a primary space marine you're going to get to tell them that story and they're like oh my gosh so like this guy just like randomly chucked a grenade and you're like yeah and they they kind of have this connection to the story even though they may know nothing about warhammer and even people who do know that's even better if people know about warhammer you get a better like a lighting up of their face and like oh my gosh like that's crazy <laughs> yeah and i i'm kind of amazed like i'm i'm talking with more people at the stores, not just at the game stores, at the grocery store because of this. Really? Yeah. I was at my local GW store, and then I had to go to Meyer. I don't know if pe- everyone knows what a Meyer is. It's like it's like a better Walmart. Everyone knows what Walmart is. Um, okay. And I saw a guy wearing a Kill Team pin there. And I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> cool kill team pin and he was like yeah i go to the the gw store i'm like do you know so and so like yeah and we just stood there in the middle of the grocery store talking about warhammer that's very cool actually i have i have not had that experience before and so did they did they go to your local store uh yeah um the uh, the gw store is kind of on the other side of town so i have to make a very concerted effort to get out there but then even just my my closer store, I spend so much more time just talking with them, just the, the people that run the place about, you know, their thoughts on paints and what color schemes and 
new product coming in and trying to get uh, Tuesday Night Kill Team back up and running at, at that location. And just I spend so much more time talking with with people everywhere, you know, because of this game than I ever did with card games or uh, RPGs. Yeah, I think RPGs are probably the next closest thing in terms of like the ability to tell a story and connect with your community, because it, the the coolest thing about Warhammer, I think specifically Warhammer, is with so many factions to get behind, it's kind of a hybridization of a lot of major games that people like. So you have your strategy, you have your tabletop presence, so it looks beautiful. It forces you to think about situations. You have the capacity to have a custom experience because you get to paint your models and buy whichever models you want. Um, you get to represent your team kind of like, you know, for card game players, L5R, or if you're into D&D, you know, you get to, or even like World of Warcraft, you get to represent, you know, a faction and a race or a clan. And you get all of these experiences wrapped up into a single entity. And on top of that, because for the most part, the the gaming epicenter is not based around money. Like if you were to think about something like poker, Magic the Gathering, like your top tier players aren't winning, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. They're winning armies. The community is very friendly and very open to new players, old players. Like we're talking about ages, um, skilled players, players who come from other game systems. Like, you know, hey, I play like Bolt Action or I play war mahords what's this game about oh hey you know come on over we'll show you what's this about and it's just really neat because there's something for everyone if you want to experience it as a game you can if you just want to paint and collect you can if you want to read the books and experience the lore you can and there is no wrong way to do it and i think that's so relieving because there's no pressure regardless of what you do you can still participate yeah, I mean, they go out of their way to say there's so many ways to play these games, not just Kill Team, not just 40K, but including Age of Sigmar, because I've started to dabble in that too. Uh -oh. <laughs> Especially since. Uh -oh. Yeah, well, and they're pushing their new version of Skirmish too, because they are like, oh, Kill Team uh, is bringing a lot of people in. Maybe we should see about a new skirmish version for aos so i'm not gonna lie i have the original aos starter set that my wife got me for christmas oh. and i have um lizard men i think what are they called um oh yeah they got a new uh not solarians but it's something like that the the skinks i can't remember what they're called but they're the reason I always get my armies is because of the color scheme mm -hmm. and the lizard men have some of the coolest looking like symbolism and armor other than like the um, those new orc things that came out the little like wizard thingamabobs. Oh, uh, the, uh, I'm still bad. Yeah, someone's going to like slaughter me on Facebook. They're going to be like, hey, man, I play AOS. You butchered that horribly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've I've really enjoyed playing small ish games of AOS. Mm -hmm. But if I've heard rumors that they could do a kill team and, and I would. Oh, that would be very dangerous because I'm big into fantasy like stuff like I like 
Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and, you know, very traditional fantasy. Like, I love d and I've been playing d and since I can remember. Um, but I don't want to play AOS and 8th edition. That's just, I, for me right now, that's too much. Yes, exactly. I've I've been like, no, I am not going to get Soul Wars. I am not going to get Dark Imperium. <sighs> oh, yeah. But if they do a Kill Team version, uh, we might, yeah, we might have a problem. I might have to dual expand the show to fantasy version. <laughs> I, I was going to drop that little question in discord and be like hey can we start talking about skirmish for aos as well i mean i'm not opposed to it i just is there like a rule set for it or is it just kind of a fan-made thing within the aos system well without derailing the show entirely which you're welcome um (laughs) they had a book from 2017 that was just a short little paperback and or a soft cover and it it had a system it wasn't great so they've been working on it and then in the january and february issues of white dwarf they completely redid the rules you can use any units uh because they were really limiting the what units you could use in the in the first version and now there's just a formula to go off of the the points to figure out the individual unit cost and they give battle plans, they give how to do a campaign, and we're pretty much, I'm at least I'm guessing, that what they announced a few weeks ago, uh, Warcry uh, for AOS, because they said, from the makers of Kill Team and Warhammer oh. Underworlds. Oh no. Warcry, and I'm like, oh, that's totally it. If it's from Kill oh, Team no. and, and Underworlds, that has to be it. Oh my gosh. Well, after we record the show, I know what I'm going to be doing. <laughs> so uh, that's the end. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Oh, no. I'm going to go I'm check sorry. out. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. <laughs> that, But I mean, like, that's that's just the coolest thing about this community is like it's never over. Like, I thought Kill Team was expanding out of control. And it's like, oh, there's AOS. Oh, really? Seriously? Mm-hmm. So uh, now I'm really interested if I they might run a demo at adepticon oh my god that'd be so great oh and i i did buy uh storm strike the 40 dollars starter for aos that has just enough uh stormcast and just enough night haunt to make a skirmish band of each Ooh, ooh, that sounds fun okay man that just sounds so great and it's it's so, pretty much yeah it's it's very much uh, like a kill team experience. Yeah, that that's really cool. Well, I mean, like I said, if if that becomes a thing, we'll, really we will definitely talk about it on the show because uh, as fun as kill team is, I like skirmish games a lot, and I do understand uh, that kill team in the fantasy the sci fi universe uh, doesn't click the box for everybody, and the the ability to have a skirmish game is, I think, one of the best ways to experience traditional strategy tabletop. However, theme is also extremely important. And, you know, for people who like fantasy over sci-fi, if both of them are available and both of them essentially do the same thing, I don't see a reason why we couldn't talk about them on the show. Um, just because it opens up a world of options for players and listeners um, because you might want to play as the night haunt, which those models are gorgeous. I really would kill for something like that in 40 K, which 
will never happen. Oh, I think in the same, I think in the February issue of White Dwarf, uh, someone had taken uh, some Night Haunt and converted them into Adeptus Mechanicus. See, I would like to see them as like Necron ghosts, like when they come back from Ooh. the resurrection orb. There you go. That would be that would be super cool. Like they have like the ghostly body, but like the Necron like head and like torso. That'd be a neat I, mashup. I bet you. I don't see why you couldn't get away with that. If that's a thing, <laughs> Necron is the I one have that to I play Necron. <laughs> yeah, they're the one that I know the least about and care the least about. I'm not a huge fan of Tyranids. I'm not a huge fan of Zerg either, so I almost I didn't really enjoy playing Zerg on StarCraft, so big bugs don't do it for me. Right, and I I like almost anything that's not Space Marines mm-hmm. with the exception of Space Wolves, which those are my boys. But uh I used to I have played Necrons as a full army back in 6th ed. I also played Tyranids. I played most everything um outside of like dark eldar had a very bad codex eldar are just i hate good guys <laughs> um uh but like tower fun mm-hmm. but yeah I, necrons necrons are very interesting they're hard to kill uh but they're kind of pricey i think is the e- easiest way to explain them in terms of like you pay a lot but you, you do get a lot they do have leadership 10 across the board oh, if wow. i'm not mistaken and they, they seem is, beefy as hell yeah and they're uh they have the reanimation protocol or re- re- they, they basically you can you can bring them back Ugh. from like death uh the little bit that my friend and i played rune wars he always played the skeletons and he never forgot to reanimate his skeletons <laughs> And that's kind of that cool thing is they're these Egyptian robots. So they have like old school sculpts in terms of like the symbols on their bodies and the symbols on their uh, weaponry. Um, but they act like futuristic Terminators. So they they kind of bridge the gap between that is fantasy crazy. And I love that. Uh, I think they have very interesting lore but you can also have some really fun um stories and paint schemes even though they are robots you can do like you know these light lighting tricks you can give them like almost like you know laser swords you know the uh, aforementioned lightsaber and they're just they're just really neat they they look great on the tabletop and they're not very difficult to paint one of the few armies where you can do like a base coat of a dark silver and then do like a dry brush and a little bit of highlighting and then just focus on like shoulder pads, waist and like the um, like the Egyptian clothing that they're wearing. And then everything else is just robotic and they look great. Not not difficult at all to paint. It sounds nice and quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're not too different from Grey Knights. <laughs> yeah. And Kind of uh, along those lines, they announced that new combat arena game just the other day. And I I heard about that. Yeah, and there's and apparently some of those figures are going to be compatible with Blackstone Fortress, which a lot of that's compatible with Kill Team. So I didn't know if um, if there was a there's a model in there that is all silver. And I thought it was a Grey Knight at first, but it also looks like it could be Inquisition. So. I don't know what's going on with that one, but I was I was hopeful the Grey Knights would be getting something besides just the baseline guy. 
because that's kind kind of a sad looking kill team roster right now. Yeah, I I'm hoping that as 2019 develops, we begin to see a little bit of expansion because I know Death Watch has very small roster. Grey Knights have a very small, very small roster. Um, I would love to see the Sisters of Battle introduced. Oh, yes. We got Groot. Oh, man. They doing those plastic like I I loved watching Sisters of Battle play on the tabletop, but I could never bring myself to buy a full metal army and the sculpts Mm, to me looked just terrible. And now that they have those nice, super sharp plastic sculpts and just amazing detail on those models and the guns just oh, like the crossbow bolter. Woo! I am very needless to say, I'm very excited for that to hit the table and then Games Workshop goes, okay, here's an update to the Kill Team roster. You can play them now. It's like, all right, I'm in. I'm doing this. This, I don't care if they're good or bad. I just want to play Sisters of Battle in a Kill Team formation. Absolutely. And they just released the first part of the uh, Battle Sister Bulletin uh, earlier today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I would also like to see... Now, there's there's been some discussion about this, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, Terminator armor. A lot of people mm-hmm. have models in Terminator armor. Yep. Some people say it would be a little bit too powerful for Kill Team. Others say, you know, if it's balanced appropriately and they're just really expensive, you might bring one, maybe two models in Terminator armor. What do you what do you think about bringing, uh, you know, higher level of power into Kill Team as the game you know has developed over the past? What is it? Eight months now? Yeah, it hasn't been long at all. Um, I, I think, I I think the rosters need to be expanded across the board. The funny thing is that with the Adeptus Astartes, they've got a pretty good range already because you can get, you got scout, scout, sniper, uh, tactical reavers, intercessors, and you're, you're just going to go up and up, up and out really with them. You've got, if you're going to have terminators why not uh inceptors too because they're not on the on the roster yet i don't think right but they're not going to be much more powerful than your average intercessor except that they can fly unless i'm totally full of crap (laughs) no i i don't think you are so i mean that's that's something else that they could have but i think the other teams need to get filled out before we add another gigantic piece of space marine to the roster as far as as far as power goes i think that's fine i think if you know with commander taking it up to 200 i mean a commissar doesn't cost a ton uh i i can't think offhand i mean you're not gonna use a tank obviously but no, I don't think you really ever want to see vehicles in Kill Team because no, that I would agree. defeat the purpose. Yeah, but just any any sort of bigger, like next tier up unit, I think is fine in that two hundred point range. Well, in fact, like you talked about making uh, that just just for fun, open play that single uh, <laughs> Tyranid Brood Lord or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, that's fun. Yeah, th- that's that's that sort of next level big dude. 
I mean, sure, in a 200-point game, open play. Sure. I did not win. <laughs> I, I did not win that one, but it was scary. My opponent was shivering in his boots because he's like, oh, geez, like anything he touches is just dead. So it's it's a it's just a t- clock. Either what? I kill your eight guys or you take my six, I think six, seven wounds away. It's just so much fun. It's like, who can roll dice? Let's go. Oh, and and it just occurred to me, that's a terrific narrative or open play scenario in sort of an alien, you know, the movie alien kind of way. Like one, oh, yeah. one monster versus everybody. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm hoping. So I have a, another buddy who's he started a new shift, a new job. So he hasn't been available, but I'm hoping to uh, pick up another broodlord and we'll do like my two guys versus your 400 point armies. It'll be Tal <laughs> and uh, Imperial Guard. And it's just going to be chaos. It's going to be like, can you survive my monstrous giant alien running around just murdering you? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Of course, they're going to bring flame. They're bringing flamethrower. It's basically Alien the movie. It's so much fun, especially when they roll poorly and you're like, all right, I'm coming down the hallway. And they're like, dear God, no, run. <laughs> And and that's not too far away from uh, Space Hulk, if I'm yeah. thinking correctly. Oh, yeah. And of course, that uses Terminator armor. So all the listeners are like, well, there you go. There, there's your <laughs> Terminator armor. Oh, yeah. Space Hulk is such a fun game. Everyone who's listening should try and play that once, especially if you're a Games Workshop fan. Oh, boy, that is a ruthless game, but so much fun. Oh, man. And like like i keep saying there's just so many things you can do a lot of people get caught up thinking you know i have to play a meta army because i want to win this event or i have to play you know these min maxed armies that are you know super efficient because reasons and i have a lot of fun playing just stuff it's not necessarily going to win but it's just really fun when you attack with like eight claws and everything is just instantly killing and you can just hear the screaming model. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I was thinking about that earlier uh, because I knew we were going to talk about getting into, into the hobby. Um, I don't think there's anything that I enjoy less than trying to make an optimized competitive list of anything, whether it's miniatures or a card game and then just absolutely being uninterested or flat out hating the thing that I had to make in order to win in competition. You know, I like in star Wars, uh, the living card game, rest in peace. I would always (laughs) make theme decks, you know, that worked from a story perspective. And I really did not try very hard i wasn't even like a try hard for competitive i showed up with a story deck and i lost all the time but i had fun right and i think something about kill team that's really neat is even in the op kit they focus on like campaigns so you can win prizes by showing up and playing now if you really want the medals you do have to compete 
and try and win. But like you still have the option if you're like, I'm just going to play for fun and try whatever I want. You know, you can still win those tokens, the acrylic tokens. You can still win the dice or whatever was available and you could win those buttons. And I think that's a great place for Games Workshop to approach the player base is allowing competitive players to have prizes that they can have if they want to fight for it. And then prizes for anyone else. If you want to be competitive or not, you can still win stuff. It's not this insanely top-heavy prize support format like a lot of traditional card games are, where the only people who really get anything are the winners, and the losers just kind of walk away with nothing. And that's not that's not community friendly as a whole. Yeah, I've I've had that more than a few times, where you know you you, you show up, you spend your money. You maybe go three and three. So like you won some and then you lost some. You don't place. Then you just leave early. It's like, well, I'll see y'all later, I guess. You're right. Uh, But I did want to talk a little bit about getting into the hobby because I do know that there's people who are listening who are still on the fence and there's people who've also taken a break. And then every once in a while, we'll get someone who says, you know, I I heard about this from a friend and I'm just interested in knowing about the game. Or actually, I have people say, you know, my my wife, my friend, my partner, uh, we're trying to get them in, you know, help. And, you know, since we're both players of this game, I'd love to get your perspective on what are some of the hurdles to get past getting into this game that that you feel are, are important for someone you know who's listening that they might not be aware of or they might feel like this hurdle is very intimidating and you can you know you're like well it's it's not actually that intimidating here's why yeah uh the the main one that that people who know about warhammer just in general just general warhammer and but they they haven't looked at kill team or they don't know what kill team is they think it's going to cost a ton of money. And I then I tell them, no, no, we can play this small version that's just maybe 10 or 15 models, and that's it. And if you don't like that team, we can get a different one. And again, it's only maybe as few as six, as many as 15, and you haven't hardly spent anything. You don't need to go out and buy the army book to go with. We just have one book. And I've had people say, that sounds great. Tell me about these guys that I saw on the table one time or heard about one time. I'm about to get someone into playing uh, Chaos Marines. And I'm like, we're just going to go buy one box. That's it. So that cost, the, the initial entry cost. And of course, there's the cost of becoming a big fan, you know, and and showing up to your store a couple times a week, like, well, I need these paints and now I need this brush and that tool. But it's that initial buy-in that everyone who hasn't checked it out, who hasn't checked out Kill Team, they think you have to take out a home loan in order <laughs> to play Warhammer. Yeah, that that's an excellent point. I do agree that is one of the more deceptive aspects of the game because usually you've heard of Warhammer because of the, the big game. Yep. And those, those armies are very expensive. 
and there's a booty load of models on the table. And Kill Team is just a smaller version of that, but it's so budget friendly. And even even the quote unquote expensive armies, and we're talking arguably about like Tyranids, because you know you might have to buy three or four different boxes to get what you want. That I don't think it goes over two hundred dollars. I really don't. Um, but you can still, and as I've said in previous episodes, you can still play a very competitive army with you know Plague Marines. Or Harlequins, oh, yeah. or uh, even Imperial Guard, and that's not that will not cost you hundred dollars. So that is a significant price reduction from Eighth Edition. Yeah, because when, like I said, I mentioned before that I had sort of looked into the cost of of initial buy in a few years ago. It might have been Sixth Edition, uh, and I was like, okay, what would I need? Uh, starter set that's 160 dollars okay and then what else you need a whole bunch of paint okay we're talking several hundred dollars now and how do i even do terrain all of that's taken care of with guilt team i also think it's really nice and this actually kind of brings up an interesting discussion when the the starter sets for kill team came out there was kind of a um, it wasn't like a hate, but some people were just kind of like, why the heck are they putting terrain in these boxes? I already have terrain. I don't need this. And it was like, at first it was confusing because I think a lot of us were looking at those boxes as established Warhammer players. We have armies, we have models, we have terrain, we have all the things we need. We can basically just play at anyone's house on anyone's table and we're fine. And then what you just said, like clicked maybe a couple days later in my head. I was like, wait a minute. These are starter sets. Duh. Starter sets are for starting out. Most people who are starting out don't have anything. So you get models and terrain and the rules and the tokens. That's a great deal. They never had that when I was around. Like when, when we had fifth edition, it was just you had to buy everything out of a box. You didn't have starter sets or even discounts like Games Workshop is way better now than it was back during fourth and fifth edition, because not only do you get everything you need to play, but it actually is at a generally cheaper price. Now, you could argue ten, fifteen dollars isn't much cheaper, but it's still better than paying full price for everything, I think. And I, I was just very impressed because you can have a little bit of terrain to protect your models and you can have the models you need and all the rules you need. And you and a friend can go at it. And if you like it, great. You can buy in as deep as you want. And if that's as interested as you are, then that's also fine. You can just play with your five models and enjoy the game as it is. And I'm even now at the point where I look at the kill team, uh, the, the team boxes, and I can look at those and say, well, I want those models, but I, I don't need that specific terrain. Like with the orc box, I, I want the Orc Ludas and Burnas to go with my boys, but I don't necessarily want the big, like, forklift thing. Yeah, right. Like, okay, that's $60, or I can get just the just the Burnas and Ludas for 25 It's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, and I think that's 
that would be one of my biggest things for Kill Team that I think is one of the biggest hurdles that isn't really brought up or at least marketed well by Games Workshop is flexibility and choices like options. A lot of people kind of start at the point you discussed and they think, hey, Kill Team has to be expensive because everything else is expensive. Well, it's not. But then on top of that, they also think if I were to buy into the game, I can probably only afford like one thing. And I don't want to play this because I want to try multiple things. And just like you said with orcs, orcs are not expensive. Orcs are a horde army, so they want you to buy tons and tons so you can get a box of boys for, I think, what is it, like 25, 30 bucks? Yeah, and it's, then it's like, 25 bucks for 11 for boys. 11? Okay. 11. And then, like you said, the the burn the, the box can be Burnas or Ludas, which is great for Kill Team because you get five models. So if you like theory craft a list either on your phone or on the website or on a piece of paper, you could take that one box purchase and say, OK, I'm going to build two Burnas. I'm going to build two Ludas. And then if you wanted to get fancy, you could buy some magnets and magnetize the arms and make a model, either a burner or a Luda. Or you can make all five hybrid like Burna slash Ludas and you just swap arms because they're magnetized, which is a really cool thing to do if you practice it. Um, but you can turn these boxes into way more value just with a little bit of elbow grease. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, there are little drill bits. You pro you've probably seen them at your local hobby store. You'll have like a little drill handle, a little drill bit. And there's magnets that are the same size as the drill bit. So what you do is you drill a hole into the model and then you drill a hole into the weapon or the arm. A lot of people, you'll see this do it with tanks. And so they'll swap out, you know, like bolters for missile launchers or the missile launchers for plasma cannons. And so instead of gluing permanently one specific upgrade on a tank, they can just magnetize everything and just swap the weapons out as they please. Well, the nice thing is they, they've made magnets that are small enough that you can do this with arms on models. So with orcs, you could, you know, figure out the composition of, you know, a Luda with a def, a def gun and then magnetize the arms and then swap it out for a Burna with a, you know, flamethrower. And now, with like I said, with a little bit of elbow grease and you invest like a drill bit with magnets here is... $12 I think and then the drill handle don't buy the games workshop one that sucker is like $30 way too expensive just buy I think mine is like army painter just just buy literally whatever is cheap and you know not Walmart um, you're talking about maybe another extra $20 investment but you're able to make a box into way more stuff which would mean you can buy a box that has Luda weapons and Burna weapons, and you can utilize both. Uh, if you have any questions about what this is I'm talking about or how to do it, you know, feel free to send me a message on Facebook or in Discord. Uh, there's plenty of YouTube videos and web pages that talk about how to magnetize things. But going back to one of the aspects that intimidates newer players. I feel that the deception is it's going to be too expensive 
and I'm not going to be able to play what I want because it's too expensive. And the reality is that is just not true. You can go as deep as you want. You can buy as much as you want. And most armies have plenty of options that are fun and very, very budget friendly. And yeah, talking about magnetizing and because that's that's an integral part of it and getting the most for your money, having the most flexibility. That's something that I have yet to do. And uh, that's that's next on my list of getting to the next level. Certainly. Yeah. And the best part is it's very easy. I know it might sound glad to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, it it sounds like a very complex thing. Uh, Like the first model you do, you might make a mistake. But after that, it's very simple. And it's basically you drill a hole, you stick some glue, you stick a magnet in that hole and it dries and you're done. That's legitimately the hardest. The hardest part is making sure the hole is deep enough. And I, I kid you not. That's pretty much the hardest part. It's very addictive, actually. Uh, I've actually started to um, barrel out my guns now because I I found a very, very small drill bit. And so all of my gun barrels have holes and it looks super cool. And it's just one of those things that adds to the flavor of the model and it costs seconds. Mm hmm. But it looks way cooler to have an actual barrel than the, you know, flat plastic that doesn't have a hole in it. So, you know, these are just all the little things that make the hobby aspect of Kill Team so much fun. So, so much fun. And like I said, it, it doesn't cost a lot. and doesn't really require a lot. Just steady hand and figuring out where to drill the hole. That's about it. And being willing to perform a little surgery. That was that was one of the things that I was most scared about with, with the models was how much can, not how much can I customize, but how much do I want to try and sort of push past the standard, I guess, push, push past uh, just the, the art on the box and chop things up a little bit and make it my own. Absolutely. And there's there's just a, an amazing amount of material out there to bridge the gaps. It does appear on the surface to be difficult, but it's very much not. And legitimately, all you really have to do is just Google, you know, hey, you know, how do I magnetize something in Warhammer? You'll find plenty of resources you know, how do I paint this thing? And I think that's another great tip for newer players. Feel free to ask questions. Um, like I said, we have a Discord. It's going to be in the show notes. We're also affiliated with a Facebook group. There are amazing people who've been doing this for years, and they're very friendly. And if you just have a question, you don't know what to do, or you don't understand how something works, find a group of people. And ask questions. Ask ask questions at your local game shop. I I don't know a single game shop owner who doesn't want to talk about the games they play. And if you're lucky enough to have a games workshop or a miniature shop, go ask some of the you know older folks who've been playing for a while. Hey, I'm such and such. How do I do this thing? And I promise you, someone probably a couple people are going to 
talk your ear off and they're going to say, well, you can do this and you can do that. And you can do this. And you can do that. And then the other person is going to go, well, I tried this and this worked too. And they're going to go, yeah, well, I did that. And they're going to start talking to themselves and you're going to have to try and break them up because they're going to just keep telling stories. And like, there is a, a plethora of knowledge at your local game store and online. And a lot of people are very friendly about it. They're not, you know, douchey folks who are like, well, just look it up online. Like, they're not like that. They're going to say, oh, hey, yeah, I did that. Here's a tip. You know, don't use such and such super glue. It doesn't work with magnets. And it's like, oh, great. I didn't know that. Thanks for saving me the trouble of buying something that doesn't work. And they're like, yeah, sure. No problem, man. Whatever, man. It's all good. Just so long as you don't say that you think that the uh, Primaris look cooler than old school Marines. <laughs> yeah, that that is a um, sore topic mm-hmm. right now amongst the community. <laughs> Which I think they do. I think Primaris looks a million times better. I think it's mostly just the proportions that look a lot better. They look less Easier cartoony. Yeah. There's a. Have you seen that meme where Homer looks really sexy in the front, and then from behind he's got like all these like things stapling the back of his body together, like clothespins <laughs> holding. So the meme was on the front where he like looks like really sexy and like well built. It's like primaris space marines and then in the back where everything's just kind of floppily held together it was like primaris space marine lore and i i Aww. felt that was probably true <laughs> like they look amazing on the tabletop and they're so much easier to paint because they're physically bigger mm-hmm. but everything else about them is kind of wobbly right now they're <laughs> they're not really established yet well i mean you know that's the opinion that uh the old the old space marine chapters have of them so (laughs) it works sure why not oh i love it i love it so much (laughs) i do think i think primaris is a strong attempt from games workshop to expand the universe it's it could be a lot worse it could be a lot worse and thank goodness it isn't it's not perfect by any means but it could be much worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think it was jumping the shark at all with Primaris. It It's definitely because I, I have learned at least a little bit about the, the story because I listened to the Dark Imperium audiobook, which was great. And it's like, oh, really? 10,000 years ago that you were already planning this? Okay, sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. In the back room of a games workshop shop. <laughs> yeah. Someone thought, what about Primaris Space Marine? <laughs> and we just dug it up now. Yeah. Although we were uh we were discussing, I think, on um on the Jotocast Discord, which we have a Discord also, you can check out at Jotocast.com. But uh we were saying how this the new breed of Space Marine and how uh, Rabute Gilliman is basically telling all the old people that are in, that have been in power since he was on ice that no, I'm in charge. You're not anymore, and you know that could cause a huge rift within the Imperium, and we might have old Marines versus new Marines, and that would be interesting to basically have two different uh, sects of imperium that would be interesting you'd have like loyalist old school earthers because remember primaris have admech 
uh, technology in them as well. And uh, Rebute was brought back with uh, some Eldar science as well. So they might view him as not being completely, uh, completely Terran anymore. Interesting. Very interesting. Man, th- that's just so much fun. There's, there's infinitely, truly, truly um, just a ton of content within games workshop products and i know not everyone likes primaris but <laughs> i understand okay. it I, I i get it i do like the fact that it's something to talk about like there there could be we could speculate there could be a a conflict between you know old school space marines and primaris space marines and that could forge a new chaos chapter you know, fingers crossed who knows there could be really cool things that happen and it's just you know it's up to the games workshop to to explore those spaces and their design and their storytelling um but related to kill team i did want to also talk a little bit about choosing your first kill team that you took to the store because you know we've talked about all the amazing things that lie within kill team and some of the you know initial hurdles, but I'd love to hear your story about what caught your eye, and you said this is the kill team I want to play because of these you know reasons or this thing or like tell us your story about that kill team you took to your store and played out on the table their first time. Boy, it's hard to it's hard to tell a story because. I haven't committed to one entirely yet because I love getting a taste of everything. I love that I can do that. I can just go buy a box of Guardians, go buy a box of Kabbalite Warriors. You know, I I don't have to commit to one because I'm not trying to build an optimized team. I can just have enough that I can have my friends come over and like, here you go. Take your pick. Orcs, great. You, take your pick. Gene Steelers, great. Go for it. <laughs> um, so I love that. But I will say that when I consider what I'm going to have be competitive, I think I want to try to make uh, Astra Militarum competitive. Because the Tempestus Scions are are just great for, uh, you know, a, a primary chunk of force, and then Cadian Infantry to block for them, and the fact that Severina Rain is going to be coming out pretty soon, and I can have her be my commissar for Commander games instead of any of the gross old guys that are currently available. <laughs> And that model looks sharp. Yeah. That, so that is all, a all of, very, very good looking model. Yeah. And I, I'm going to get the book too. Oh, yeah. So all all of that, like that seems like a, a really good, because you've mentioned that more bodies on the table is always good, especially for not having your, your team get uh, broken. Right. So mm-hmm. So just having more bodies is a plus yeah and and the scions make for a really good 
uh, core force for that. Yep. That, that was an important thing that I discovered reading up about LVO was the the top players were constantly going back and forth amongst themselves, not like the top players talking amongst themselves, but they were all saying like Reddit, they were talking internally to themselves at their house or with their friends locally about how many gaunts should I bring? Because having those extra wounds can really make a difference in, you know, having control over the battlefield, avoiding breaking your army giving you flexibility to try and lock down your opponent. It just gives you a lot of options and like Tyranids won LVO. Actually Tyranids were out of the top eight. Three of those lists were Nids and they were all running very similar lists with a couple of meaty, you know, big bodies and a bunch of Gaunts just running around either, you know, beating things up or capturing points or contesting points and the same thing with, you know, Imperial Guard or, uh, you know, Death Guard, like having those those wounds, those physical bodies on the table really does make a difference. And uh, except for the poor orcs, they just got the the <laughs> dark end of the stick on that one. Um, they're like I said, they're fun, but they they're in that weird place of having a lot of orcs still doesn't win games very often because they just you sneeze at an orc and it goes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and what we found in the game that we played recently, um, we played a, a three-player game to help teach uh, our our third player who had never played before, and he chose the orcs, and boy, did he love them. <laughs> and quickly found shooting with them, not great. Charging <laughs> pretty darn good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's getting past that shooty part, and uh uh yeah i i had snipers on my admec team that were just staying behind cover and he uh guy number two was sniping with gene stealers so yeah his orcs got tore up a little bit but once they uh once they closed that distance they weren't too bad they get to re-roll those charges it's not awful no, and I think that's another thing that we can definitely bring up for newer players. Each army has its own very individual style and specialization that makes them good. And even though we're talking about orcs not being as good as some of the, you know, quote unquote top tier lists, if you're just playing with friends, tier lists don't really matter because you're not playing to maximize and super efficiently build your list. You're just playing for fun. There are better matchups for some lists like orcs don't like playing against shooting armies like Tau because when you're trying to close that gap, they have the advantage. Of course, Tau melt in melee. So if you can close the gap, you probably win. But if they shoot you off the board, you've lost. So it's a weird situation where, you know, you're going to, either get in and crush them or you're going to get just destroyed on the way over. But if you're playing against say another horde army or you play against something like, uh, Oh, what am I, what would orcs have a good matchup against? There's so much plasma now. <laughs> no, actually probably gene stealers. Cause they're not super great in any area. Yeah, that's probably true. If you just played a, a flat gene stealer list, orcs would have 
uh, a healthy matchup. It's not like too disadvantageous for them. But I mean, like that's kind of the fun thing is every army has its place. You just have to figure it out. And sometimes that's the fun of it. Like not losing per se, like you don't want to get crushed into the dirt, but like discovering, Oh, Hey, if I charge with orcs and, you know, use this other tactic, I get this really cool special ability that just wrecks my opponent. And so you can use that in your little toolbox. So the next time you play a friend, you can, you know, surprise them with your knowledge that you've discovered. <laughs> and we like th- this was the first time we'd all played like any of us had played kill team by by kill team rules. I mean, we would played a little bit of, uh, you know, guy number two had played 40K proper in the past. So he had a really good idea of what was going on. And I played miniature games before, so I had a pretty good idea. But then guy number three, he picked it up so quickly because Kill Team makes it easy to to learn the basics. Oh, yeah. And that that's a fantastic shout out to Games Workshop. The rules for this game are so simplistic. Can you move? Sure. Can you shoot? Sure. Can you melee? Sure. Next round. And it's it's not too different from like Othello. It's easy to learn, difficult to master. You can teach the rules to this game in about five minutes. And then after that, it's exploring and learning. Oh, I probably shouldn't have moved over there. Okay, noted for next time. I probably shouldn't have done. I should, shouldn't have shot at that guy over there. Noted. Uh, but I did hide my guy behind a rock and measured the distance. So he was really hard to kill. So I'll keep doing that in the next game. And you're just kind of learning as you go, the good and the bad. But it's so simple. It's great. And I love the back and forth nature of Kill Team versus 8th edition. I, I, I love that the, the, the movement is still, I move all my guys, then you move all your guys. But then I think it was a couple episodes ago, you, you said, yeah, you, you just go back and forth on I fight, you fight, I shoot, you shoot. And that it's such a great interplay that um, I, that's actually one of the things that makes me not want to play 8th edition. <laughs> Because I I enjoy the back and forth of Kill Team so much. It it is a lot. There's a lot more downtime, especially if you're playing like our bigger lists like Imperial Guard. Um, there will be games I'll play with my friends where their entire their turn takes an hour. So it's like you know we'll talk and I'll play another I'll play something on my phone or or read a book or something. But yeah, you're not wrong. Kill Team is very uh, low downtime between players. And that is, for me, a big boon because the game itself is naturally very short. And as you're playing the game, there's very few times where you're not doing much. Even when your opponent's moving, you're still kind of watching and like mentally discerning. All right, they're moving over here. What do I do about this? You know, like, hey, should I uh, shoot them? Should I run away and try and, you know, avoid like, what should I do? So there's always something going on and at the worst you're maybe looking at an army with like 10 11 models so there's not a lot of things they can possibly do and then you're just right back in the thick of it of all right i shoot you you shoot me i shoot you you shoot me here we go let's roll some dice have some fun yeah you're certainly not going to go make a sandwich while your guy while your opponent is moving all of his 
kill team members. If you're playing 8th edition, you could. I did actually <laughs> <Yeah>. once. <laughs> I I went across the street to the local sub shop and I said, I'll be back. And when I got back, he was still moving his guys. And I was like, oh, all right. That's awful. I mean, that that's the game. It's fine. But, I mean, like we, oh, we had knowingly scheduled the entire day to play one game and it was amazing. It was so epic. Um, but like I knowing I knew that my turns were going to take about an hour and his turns were going to take about an hour. And I brought wow. some things to paint. And yeah, it, it takes some time. Now, of course, within that hour, there is shooting and melee. Um, but, you know, sometimes it does take 30 minutes to move 100 models. It, it takes some time, you know, because you're, you're trying to position yourself and you know all these things we're talking about aren't relevant to kill team in the fact that you don't do it but it is relevant to kill team in the fact that you'll never experience that kill team is a very fast-paced short tightly wound game where it's a fantastic uh what's the it's a fantastic experience of a skirmish game Uh, a lot of games don't actually have nearly as tight of an experience i think like star wars legion is kind of close to it but even that game has some long points in the game where your opponent just does a lot of stuff and you sit there and do nothing yeah and it i mean it's just boring in a skirmish like skirmish games are supposed to be fast-paced high intensity action 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 and i think kill team especially with the new arena stuff really hits the nail on the head yeah, with Arena especially. I, I realized I've been starting almost all of my sentences with yeah, but it's just because I agree with you on so many things. The the Arena box, the main reason I want to check that out is because it tells you how to run events. And putting the, the power into the people's hands to run events that are going to be uh, balanced for everyone with with the uh, the symmetrical boards it's so great that you just bring the box you pop it up the boards and the little bit of terrain with the doors and the tubes and the whatnot and that's it you're <laughs> ready they've made it even simpler for us i know and not in a bad way i don't think i know it's just absolutely fantastic <laughs> and i was I, honestly, I was a little bit worried because they were they were changing things up or it seemed as if they weren't giving as much love to Kill Team towards the end of the year before we'd gotten word of Arena and the two new team boxes because uh, they hadn't finished out the, the lineup mm-hmm. of the first 16 teams. 16 factions uh they hadn't released a box like fangs of ulfric like uh krog skulls boys for like uh eldar or gray knights or any of the chaos marines right so i was i was like do they not realize how great this is and of course now we've gotten some new stuff but i oof, i want them to just keep on announcing it just give us more teases i don't care what it is i just i want to see this game extend well past the point that previous versions 
have failed and died because I I didn't know anything about it, but I know that they had within the past couple of years they had what was it Shadow War Armageddon? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that didn't last at all. <laughs> From my understanding, I I don't know the whole story, and they'd have they'd had a previous version of Kill Team within the last decade, I think. And that didn't seem to really do much either. Right. And I I really, really, really want this one to stick and to become as much a standard part of the hobby as whatever current edition of 40K is out. And at the rate we're going, I don't see it stopping. There's been nothing but growth across the board and it's just it's just mind-blowing like this was an expansion that could have easily just been a flash in the pan and the community has just jumped so fast onto this that it's like games workshop would be stupid to ignore it and especially if they're working on an Age of Sigmar variation that clearly means that this is this is something special. And that was kind of one of the big reasons the show actually started was this wasn't just a random board game or a random expansion. This was like legitimately something unique and something that really bridged the gap for a lot of people that we hadn't seen before. It was just here's eighth edition or here's Age of Sigmar, or like a board game of some sort. But there was never a great entry point where I could just talk to someone who wants to play, but only has $100. Now I can easily go, hey, I've got the book, forget the book, buy buy a box of this, and we can just play. You don't even have to spend the $100 anymore. And it's so cool that that's a thing now. Like, that's never been a thing until 2018 there was never an opportunity and i'm so excited because i know a ton of people who finally can start to join the the warhammer community and it's so exciting like it's super exciting it yeah there, see there i go again just agreeing <laughs> with you yes yeah it is that exciting and it it's so exciting like just personally that even though yeah I bought the starter box and I got the book with it I also bought the ebook so that I could have it on my iPad and just quick reference it playing the game and being able to share it with other people and say here look see it's this flip 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 great let's go <laughs> and I mean I'm I'm giving them money for things I already own again because it's worth it it's it's worth being able to make it an even more convenient experience. And the fact that I get to take a friend to the store and be like, pick out a box of dudes that look good. And that's how that you've said it before. That's how you pick your team. Like, where do I start? Who looks the coolest? Doesn't I mean, and then you say, okay, how do they play? Well, these guys like to bash people's heads in with their giant flaming skull hammer. <laughs> it's like, that sounds great. Sign me up. <laughs> 30 bucks. Done. Oh, man. 
Now, I do have a couple of questions for you before you wrap the show up, because for some reason I can never get this thing under an hour, but who cares? <laughs> uh, don't even don't even try Forget, to yeah. go for less than an hour. Screw it. Uh, yeah. you, you've been talking a lot about bringing people with you who are not, per se, Warhammer players who may or may not have a collection. What is that experience like? Because not everyone has that ability to have so many different armies that they can just say, hey, come play with my armies and, you know, get your feet wet and then you can get into it on your own accord. What's it like being able to just bring people in and say, here, try it? Yeah, that, that sounds really cool. It's great for multiple reasons because I get to paint, you know, a handful of guys for all the different factions and it hasn't really cost me a ton. And then they get to look at all the different facets. Like I laid out um, Ultramarines, Death Guard, uh, Mechanicus, Gene Stealers, and Orcs in front of someone who didn't know anything about them. And he was like, tell me about that guy. Tell me about those guys and those guys and those guys. And he went with the blood-soaked greenskins <laughs> who look nutso. And he got into character. He could not <laughs> stop. He he. He was like, these two guys are just going to stay there because that's what they would do. Look at them. That's what they would do. And we're just, me and the me and guy number two are just like, yep, <laughs> you you got it. You got it down. So and I, people's eyes light up when you can put all these different models in front of them. And I, again, I haven't broken the bank by having five squads of dudes and they get to try them and they can go to the store. And even for guy number two, I keep referencing it was his birthday recently. I got him a box of, um, Tau stealth suits. It was $25 for him to add to his bunch of pathfinders that he had from like a decade ago. I hate you. I hate Tau. (laughs) (laughs) Every, I hear that so much. And I'm just like, is it the whole greater good thing? No, no. Is that what it's no. Skin? I, I actually, Tau is my first army. Tau of a very <laughs> special place in my heart. But I hate stealth suits because they have an automatic negative one to hit. They're basically permanently obscured. Oh. Oh, man. I just armed my friend. Yeah, you gave him Dang a it. really good u- unit. Well, I guess a model. Yeah. But yeah, if those things are obscured, it's just like. Or half the they're just they're so hard to, to shoot. I they're, I will just have to permanently use the Arquebus rifle for Admech. Probably with, with sniper. Yeah, it's it's very very tough. And comms, to get right? Sniper and comms is yeah. what I do. Yeah, you do. You I do sniper and comms. <laughs> that well, so do they. That's the problem. Is how <laughs> do that too? But they have Ugh. a rail rifle, and you don't have a rail rifle, and that Ugh. hurts. Just 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 experience a rail rifle, you know, with sniper and comms and you just go, what? <laughs> they yeah. go, all right, should we take off a leg or an arm or what? What are we doing <laughs> over here? And you're like, oh, dear goodness, this is going to hurt. And then the Tau stealth suit's like, well, hello there. And you're like, wow, ah, where were you? It's like, I was stealthy. Oh, great. Tower <laughs> fun. Tower a lot of fun. My favorite thing about them, though, is like they're like suits of like robot suits. They just look like uh, Gundams on the tabletop. They're so cool. In, in yes, they do. 
I they do look sweet. Part of me wants them to come to Kill Team. If they ever gave the suits to Kill Team, I would jump to town immediately. But I feel like it's too powerful, probably. Yeah, that's a few tiers up from, I think, what even we were discussing. Yeah, um, but that was what drew... See, for, for me, when we were scoping out 5th edition... You know, I was like, well, you know, these things look cool. You've got some like sniper guys and some stealth suit guys. And then you have all of these like mobile suits running around and these like devil fish <laughs> tanks. I'm like, these look crazy. And then it's like, oh, yeah, they also have this giant rail rifle. I'm like, holy crap, that looks crazy cool. And I was sucked into town. And I think they're fun. Um, but yeah, they they have some very powerful abilities. And in fact, we're actually having a conversation about it on the Discord channel. Right now, someone was talking about, you know, is Tau like meta? And the answer is no, because they have very bad sustainability once you get into melee. Um, they can be good, but it's heavily reliant upon your opponent being bad at positioning, which most high end players are very good at positioning. So you don't really get the benefits you need to get the Tau. Um, you know, a return on their points in terms of, you know, killing models and taking them off the table. Uh, but for funsies, for absolute funsies, towels are amazing, super fun. And those stealth suits are annoying. So good job. Your friend's going to have a lot of fun. Uh, flamethrowers. Flamethrowers are a good, good, good way to deal with things that have bonuses to hit because they auto. Oh, okay. If your flamethrower survives. But that's like the best part is your flamethrower automatically hits. So the stealth suits like I have all these negatives to hit. It's like my flamethrower auto hits. What? Yeah, I'm trying to think if now I'm just, now I'm just going through the inventory of what what uh, teams I have that could counter that using a flamethrower. You have but... a you have Imperial Guard and orcs. That's true. Okay, so most, I, I need I need to get me those burners for twenty five dollars. Yeah, you do need to go get those burners. Most everything has a flamethrower. I think Space Marines have flamethrowers. Do they? Okay, I guess I I couldn't picture it. I couldn't picture that model in my head. So I just got to dig a little deeper. I, I guess Grey Knights are kind of screwed again. Poor Grey Knights. They might yeah. have a flamethrower. I don't know actually. I don't play Grey Knights. Yeah, that whole factor needs a serious upgrade. It's really sad. They're a, they're a very, very well-themed faction. However, I don't feel bad because when Grey Knights came out at the end of 5th edition and they had 6th edition rules built into their kit, they dominated the meta for like three months. It was just Grey Knights everywhere. And I hated it because everyone was super lazy. They would just dip their Grey Knights in silver paint and then like paint one shoulder pad one color and paint another shoulder pad another color that was technically legal for major tournaments because you only had to have three colors on a right. model and it was like really that's it you just dunked them in you just you know sprayed them silver and then that's like really so like i have a bitter memory of gray knights everywhere like that that meme with you know buzz grabbing woody it's like gray knights everywhere <laughs> they were just <laughs> everywhere <laughs> it was so frustrating yeah so take that green knights your kill team army is terrible haha <laughs> that's right it is <laughs> well i think i just i think i distracted you from another question which would be what uh oh i don't know i don't know i thought you had another question oh, for me yeah. before we wrap no i definitely do so as you've been playing 
as you've been bringing new people into the hobby and, you know, basically dealing drugs, good for you. Oh, yes. For people who are listening, what would you tell them? Like, what, what would be a lesson that you've learned over the course of getting into Kill Team that they might find beneficial? It doesn't have to be like, you know, do this or don't do that, but just maybe a story or, you know, a piece of wisdom, because everyone has their own perspective and everyone takes something away differently. And with, you know, so many people listening, something's going to resonate with someone and it'll be definitely a helpful piece of information for that listener specifically. It's Warhammer, again, Warhammer in general is very intimidating, even in the already intimidating field of war game miniatures. But as you and so many other people have said, it's incredibly friendly and welcoming. And there's so many ways to play. You absolutely do not need to worry about competing. Absolutely don't go into the hobby worried about being competitive. Unless you want to. If that's your thing, great. But just have fun. And we've said it a million times, and I'll say it again. I'll finish with this. Kill Team is not going to break the bank. (laughs) It's an investment, but it's not going to put you in bankruptcy. For, For less than the cost of a new game system, way less than the cost of a new video game system, you can get the book a couple boxes of cool looking guys in fact you get the book for 40 bucks you get the first strike box for 40 bucks and you can even get paint kits and if i'm not too mistaken the ultramarines slash death guard paint kit now has full-sized bottles at the same entry-level price I think so, yeah. Yeah, so you can get a full paint kit, because that's also intimidating. I was scared to death of painting something wrong. Just painting it wrong and having it look bad. And I I am impressed myself, quite honestly, with how my painting has turned out in six months. So you can get the book, you can get the first strike box, you can get the, the first strike paint box essentially for less than the cost of a Nintendo 2DS XL. And that's a good system too. (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, like it's, it's affordable and people will always gripe about it's so expensive, but you're not buying a million minis. You're not buying an entire library. You're going to buy a couple things. And then you'll buy more and you'll eventually buy more because it's fun and it's cool. But you have so many friends already built in. And the best and that's oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. The best part is if you have a buddy or a friend to go in, have these with you, it's even cheaper. Uh, yes, that's that's another thing. A lot of people don't um, think about is you can buy some of these boxes that are, you know, half Space Marine, half Death Guard. And you just go 50-50 on it. Or 
you can also sell these models. People will buy these models on eBay. So you can buy the box and then sell whatever you don't want. Or you can trade. There's trade forums across the internet. We've got a trade forum on the Discord. Facebook has lots of trade people. So you know, if you're willing to pay a little extra for shipping, you can buy the starter box and then ship off whatever you don't want for something you do want. It's not a bad deal. So uh, as we you know, wrap up the show, I would love to give you just a moment to, you know, plug your podcast and, you know, say a few words, whatever you're, you know, whatever, whatever's on your mind. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying really hard to not start my sentence with. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you can, if, if you haven't been uh, horrified by my voice for the last hour and a half, you can listen to me and several other people talk all about different Star Wars games, both video games and tabletop games on the JotoCast. And you can find links to our Discord and social media and everywhere else at JotoCast.com. Lately, all I've wanted to talk about have been miniatures. (laughs) Big surprise. (laughs) Uh, Brilli Imperial Assault and Legion are my two preferred ones. X-Wing Less so. I've I've gotten to realize that uh, I'm not an X-Wing person, but uh, Legion is a lot of fun. I learned a lot about painting from my two co-hosts. Uh, one of them, Leo, is doing a ton of terrain stuff, and that's the part that still scares me, is building complex terrain. But listening to him, I, I reference them about how to do some more of this stuff. So it's... Uh, it's an it's a hobby you can easily get into. If you want to hear us gripe about fantasy flight games, uh, we don't always. We love them, but you know they're frustrating too. So if you've got a bone to pick, you can come jump on there with us too, and you can join our Discord. We're on there all the time, also. So I'm constantly flicking back and forth between uh, JotoCast and Squad Tactica Discord. <laughs> Trying to remember which one I'm on at the time. <laughs> Trying to remember which one I've posted my latest miniature painting pictures on at the time. But it's all good. It's all good. All good stuff. Oh, yeah. And I, I recommend it. It's a fun listen. And the uh, the dichotomy of the uh, the casters is really fun. You guys have some very funny conversations. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes we don't know what we're talking about. So we just got to sound funny at the very least. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you're just like, where do you go from here? It's like, we're about to find out. Yeah. Some Usually it goes well. Every once in a while, you're like, we're going to edit that out in post. Oh, yeah. The, the, the magic of post production. Oh, thank God for editing. <laughs> the, the 10 minute gap of I need a snack. I've got to go to the bathroom. My dog just peed on the carpet. I'll be right back. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one will and ever know. <laughs> we we did have a, a recent episode I want to highlight where we did give Legion our game of the year. So we we made them a little trophy. Uh, Joe took like a a tea tin, spray painted it gold, uh, magnetized a scout trooper. And put that on top and spray painted that gold <laughs> and made a little plaque and said, Game of the Year, Star Wars Legion, and sent it off to them. Well, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's still a usable 
100% pure gold. <laughs> miniature. <One> miniature. <laughs> oh, man. Minis is life. I love miniature games. And even though this is focused on Games Workshop stuff, there's so many great games out there that are fantastic. And I'm just really thankful that we get to be a part of this one because like so many conventions that are based around miniatures like Nova. I haven't been to Nova yet, but I'm going to Adepticon. I'm really excited, but I've been to a lot of, I'm missing it. You'll get it. We'll get you another next year. Um, But like a lot of local cons that I've been to that are based around miniatures. It's so inviting. And to anyone who's listening, if you have a local convention, like we've got uh, the Dallas open, in uh april most most local scenes if you have a community based around miniatures has some form of major event once a year where a store will host a bunch of tournaments or some something usually happens at some level be it local or national or regional and if you can attend those events you will meet a lot of really cool people and make a lot of friends and just have a lot of fun. And I cannot express highly enough that you should absolutely try to attend any sort of miniature convention that's in your area, if at all possible. They are so, so much fun because most of the time it's not focused on winning. Like like we said before, there are some people who are there to you know, win the event and they're focused on winning, but most people are there to hang out and just talk. And sometimes it's casual talk. Sometimes it's strategic talk. Sometimes it's learning about, you know, painting like new skills. Sometimes it's about terrain. Sometimes it's about completely different games you've never heard of. Um, I'm very excited to try out bolt action. I've never played it before in my life. And I've signed up for a bolt action learning event at Adepticon. And I'm signed up oh, for cool. a couple um, Song of Fire and Ice tournaments for like noobs that were like free. They're basically like, hey, come play the game for free and we'll help teach you. Because I bought the original base set on cool stuff during Christmas when it was like like it was like 70% off. I was like, you know what? I like mini games and I like Game of Thrones. I'll try it. And I play two games and it's been super fun. Um, but I'm just really excited to talk to people about minis because we're all in the same boat, even though, you know, I might play 40K and you might play bolt action. It's all the same. It's just a different system. But the people make these events so much fun. And that's why I'm saying if you have the opportunity to go to a convention, you absolutely should, because I guarantee you'll meet people who play Kill Team. But sometimes you'll also be introduced to other game systems that are equally as fun and may not cost a fortune. And you're like, I can play that too. And, you know, like some of the things I've learned in Legion have translated into 40K and vice versa. And a lot of these games have cross promotional skills you can utilize. And I think that's one of the best things ever is you don't have to hoard yourself into just Warhammer and 40K. You can start there and expand outward and learn about more things and meet new people and have a blast. And it's fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man, this this has been a blast. I am so glad you could come on. Thank you so much, Evan. I we get- thank you for having me on. I've been like fingers crossed since I started listening to the show that I'd have a chance because I'm obviously just so thrilled and I I do have you to blame <laughs> for making me pull the trigger on this. Quite honestly, I'm I'm not gonna it's lie. It's not that bad of a trigger. It's not that hard. It's really not. <laughs> I I I I held the gun. You just sort of like, you know, caressed my hand like, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You can do it. It was worth it. You can do it. It was a, it's yeah. a good decision. Well, you are you are always welcome on the show, my friend. If you're like, hey, I want to talk about Kill Team. All right. Schedule a date. Make it happen. Uh, Fantastic. But uh, thank you to everyone who's joined us on this show. And like I said, we are going to start focusing on bringing on more people. So if you're a Patreon, you're like, hey, I want to do this too. Send me a message. Uh, we are very grateful to all of our supporters. And real quick shout out because our sponsors are amazing and they're actually going to be at Adepticon. God forbid, a miniatures convention with spons- with, with vendors. Uh, but Battlefoam is going to be there. I don't know if Discount Games Inc. is going to be there, but I'm going to be hanging out with Battlefoam during the convention. And if anyone wants to hang out with me and play a game, uh, let me know. I would be more than happy to throw it out. I'm going to be bringing. I mean, here's my favorite part about Kill Team. I'm not going to lie. And then I'm going to shut up because this episode's going way too long. You can stick so many Kill Teams in a single bag. It's so easy because you just don't have that many models. They're so easy to transport. So I can literally say I'm bringing like three or four Kill Teams. And we're not talking about much more than like half of a backpack in terms of travel space so uh, i will be more than happy to to play games or talk about games or you know if you want to show me bolt action or whatever there's so many games that are going to be adepticon i'm really excited to like learn new systems and get you know get my feet wet in just tabletop gaming as a whole um feel free let me know um but yeah shout outs to our sponsors discount games inc and battle foam definitely check them out we talked about them a lot in previous episodes and i'm not gonna talk about them that much more on the show but thank you again to everyone for joining us thank you again to evan check out the johto cast if you're a star wars fan it's fantastic if you want to hear a bunch of guys talk about things and make you laugh it's also fantastic and if you haven't done it yet you should just do it because they're just a lot of fun so we will see everyone next time and as always keep on killing them <laughs>